0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Monday morning. Could you believe it? How was everyone's weekend. Did y'all get some rest. Did y'all get some relaxing time. If so, I'm glad you're with us here this morning. The show is live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. Good morning, everyone. Tuning in at a packed show this morning with a lot going on over the weekend, including Chinese malware found in U.S. military systems, another Ivanti, Zero Day, Barracuda's malware, and so much more. So all of that on this morning's show. Strap in, tune in. Here we go. My double double espresso this morning, y'all. Join me. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. All right. Start off with Avante giving an additional warning about a second zero-day vulnerability in its Endpoint Manager uh, mobile product that's been exploited in targeted attacks. This is coming after the Norwegian authorities announced last week that a dozen government ministries had been targeted in a cyber attack involving the exploitation of CVE 2023 35078 and Avante EPMM zero-day that allows an unauthenticated attacker to obtain a sensitive information and make changes to the impacted server. Further investigations by uh, cybersecurity firm uh, Monomic revealed the existence of CV-2023-3508, a high-severity flaw that allows, an o- that allows an authenticated attacker with admin privileges to remotely write arbitrary files to the server. Late last week, Avanti published an additional advisory and CISA issued an alert about the second vulnerability, warning him of active exploitation, urging to patch their devices immediately. Mobile Iron Core, which was its previous name, is now causing a bit of a headache for many, many users around Avanti. If you are, you want to make sure you, if you're using Avanti, you want to make sure you get it patched. But then this again goes to the software secure software development lifecycle that's not very common anymore. Like that's trying to become a standard, not yet a standard. I know Jenny's truly really the director of Assista talks a lot about it. The NSA does as well because they understand that's, you know, you got to address the problem at the core. Not at the face level, which is a change from what we're used to from government. Um, but again, your security products introduce an additional vector to your environment. To think that a security product is just going to be inherently secure is false at this point uh, for, for many practitioners. You, that, that's got to be one of, your, one of the things you look at when you're selecting a security partner is, you know, how do you deal with these types of events and how often do they happen? So this is also warning of a new submarine malware found on a hacked Barracuda ESG appliances. The new malware known as submarine was used to backdoor to Barracuda ESG to email security gateway appliance on federal agencies' networks by, by exploiting a now-patched zero-day bug. A suspected pro-China hacker group UNC-4841 deployed the backdoor in a series of data theft attacks detected back in May, but have been active since at least October of 2022. Barracuda revealed that the attackers exploited CVE-2023-2868 a remote command injection zero to drop previously unknown malware dubbed the saltwater and sea spy and a malicious uh, tool called seaside to establish reverse shells for easy remote access. Last month, Barracuda took an unconventional approach and offered replacement devices to all affected customers at no charge. Again, great step up by Barracuda to do that. Replacing it for free for customers. You can criticize all you want. The fact that they did that, it, lets you know that they recognized the threat they understood their responsibility in this equation and they went ahead and did the right thing for their customers now we're dealing with nation state adversaries security companies are part of that your sales and marketing have to know which nation states where they go what kind of information they share that's all critical if you plan to be in more places this here by this challenge here by barracuda is, is is significant because submarine as itself is a novel persistent backdoor it's 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 in a structured query language so it's an sql database on the esg appliance submarine compromises multiple artifacts that in a multi-step process enable execution with root privileges persistence command and control and cleanup according to the SISA warning so this isn't something that's just developed in someone's basement this is nation state type tools that are coming after our security partners. And as such, there's a joint responsibility here to make sure that we're adhering to the best security standards we possibly can. A Linux version of Abyss Locker ransomware is now targeting a VMware ESXi servers. The Abyss Locker operation is in its latest development, developing a Linux encryptor to target the VMware ESXi VM platform and attacks on enterprises. As enterprises are shifting from individual servers to VMs, for better resource management, performance, and disaster recovery, ransomware gangs create encryptors focused on targeting those platforms. With VMware ESXi being one of the most popular VM platforms on the planet, almost every ransomware gang has begun to release a Linux encryptor to encrypt all virtual servers on a device. Other ransomware operations that utilize Linux ransomware encryptors with the most targeting VMware ESXi, including Akira Royal, Blackbasta, LockBit, Black Matter, AvisLocker, R-Evil, Hello Kitty Ransom exx and hive abyss is a relatively new ransomware operation it's believed to have launched in march of this year and when it began to target companies in, in, in specific attacks like other ransomware operators the abyss threat actors will breach corporate networks steal data for double extortion and encrypt devices on the network the stolen data is then used as leverage obviously that's kind of the specific playbook this week, security researchers at Malware Hunter team found the Linux ELF encryptor on the Abyss, for the Abyss Locker operation and shared it with Bleeping Computer for analysis. Looking at the strings in the executable, it's clear the encryptor specifically targets VMware ESXi servers. You can see the commands here on the screen. The encryptor utilizes an ESX, ESX CLI command line VMware ESXi management tool to first list all available VMs and then terminate them. When shutting down the virtual machines, Abyss Locker will use the VM process kill command and on a soft, hard, or forced options, the soft option performs a graceful shutdown while the others do an immediate termination. The encryptor terminates all VMs to allow the associated virtual disk snapshots and metadata to be properly encrypted by encrypting all files with the following extensions, .vmdk or vmsd or vmsn. So that's a new threat actor on the scene and another sophisticated malware targeting vm uh our virtual machines which is again how do you go about defending this there's there's a slew of there's a slew of things but performance monitoring is going to be critical in in monitoring your entire vm anytime there's a forced shutdown that should raise a ticket and i know that could be very irritating but when you recognize the threat and the, the likelihood of the threat coming towards your organization it'll make a lot more sense to do just that Israel's largest oil refinery website went offline after a massive DDoS attack. The Haifa-based Bazan Group, formerly oil refineries, Zelti D, generates about $13.5 billion in annual revenue, employs around 1,800 people in the northern capital of Israel. The company boasts to have a total oil refining capacity of about 9.8 million tons of crude oil per year. Over the weekend, incoming traffic to the Bazan Group website, bazan.co.il and ing. Bazan.co.il is either timing out with a 502 error or being refused by the company's server. They've confirmed that the oil refinery website has been made inaccessible for most visitors around the world. In other tests, the website was, however, accessible from within Israel, possibly after impo- uh, imposition of a geoblock by Bazan in an attempt to thwart the ongoing cyber attack. Uh, in a Telegram channel, Iranian hacktivist group Cyber Avengers, a.k.a. Cyber Avengers, claimed that it had breached Bazan's network over the weekend. On Saturday evening, the group additionally leaked what appear to be screenshots of Bazan's SCADA systems, which are software applications used to monitor and operate industrial control systems. These include diagrams of the flare gas recovery unit, uh, the amine regeneration system, and a petrochemical splitter section and PLC code as seen in bleeping computer. Uh, Bazan has dismissed the materials as entirely fabricated, However, some I've I've spoken with have said that, you know, this could be true. The reason they could be denying it is for national security purposes. Um, If this is true, FYI, I mean, where the Bazan plant is in Israel is in a valley and it's surrounded by cities, surrounded by cities, surrounded by, I think, half a million people. So any sort of petrochemical leak there could potentially have could impact half a million people that live in in the areas around this power plant it's, it's it's significant and so there's a reason they might be denying it we'll see as we get more information on it i've been told by several people i've spoken with credibly that uh, some of that information is actually accurate a chinese malware has been found across several military systems and unlike previous attacks this specific malware is not intended to surveil but rather disrupt according to a recent new york times report the attacks first came into public eye in May after Microsoft identified the malicious code and telecom software in Guam. The, if you remember, we talked about this, how the Chinese were essentially kind of preparing to disrupt the U.S. critical infrastructure and U.S. military critical infrastructure across the Western seaboard all the way from Guam to Hawaii. And thereafter, as part of their quest to potentially initiate a military uh, operation against Taiwan, they would likely try to disrupt that. That would give them a two to three day Um, heads up um, uninterrupted to get into Taiwan and their hope is that by then they would have reached some ground into Taiwan China steadfast and determined to penetrate our government our companies and our critical infrastructure this is coming from deputy director of the NSA George Barnes this was at the intelligence and national security summit earlier this month I could tell you when I was in DC a few weeks ago that was echoed in the room by many people who showed up to speak to the group Experts say this new wave of malicious code has the ability to disrupt U.S. military and civilian operations. Rob Joyce, the director of cybersecurity at the National Security Agency, called the nature of this malware really disturbing. According to the Times, it could allow China to cut off power, water, and communication to military bases. It could also potentially impact personnel, homes, and businesses across the country. Additionally, according to experts who spoke with the New York Times, it's not clear whether or not the Chinese government knows about the malware. <laughs> okay, Really? Chinese government knows all about this. It's part of their plan. It's how they operate. It's the China playbook. Um, Secretary Blinken brought it up diplomatically. You can't, these guys are determined to operate in this matter. Any sort of deploy, I'm not saying we should go to war with China, but I'm saying we need to label them as an adversary. We need to divest and urge our companies to divest critical infrastructure away from China. We also need to start looking at backup manufacturing with friends like india friends in in europe friends in south america people who we can potentially exercise our economic power for more favorable uh policy we have constantly made clear that the any actions that target the u.s government companies is a deep concern according to a senior state department official at the blinken meeting but then again blinken went there then he was followed by by secretary helen they bowed to the chinese i mean at some point, you really have to kind of hold that up and, and hold that baton and go, keep doing this. There's going to be consequences to the action. The White House has yet to comment on this report, so we'll see what comes from the White House and we'll keep you appraised as to what's happening there. The FBI is warning that adversaries are using AI and in influence campaigns and cyber attack. The FBI is paying increased attention to foreign adversaries' attempt to use AI as part of influence campaign and other malicious activities. The two main risks the Bureau sees are model misalignment or tilting AI software towards undesirable results during development or deployment and the direct misuse of AI to assist in other operations. According to officials, the officials say foreign actors are increasingly targeting and collecting against U S companies, universities and government research facilities for AI advancement. And if you're in AI, you're on the groundbreaking state place of AI understand, even if you don't think anyone knows, they know they're coming after you. Harden your environment and it's really not hard do the fundamentals right everything else will fall into place everything else will fall into place in our final story tsa renews their cybersecurity guidelines for pipelines the tsa renewed cybersecurity regulations on thursday of last week for the operators of hazardous liquid and natu- natural gas pipelines as well as liquefied natu- natural gas facilities the agency first issued a series of security directives in 2021 after the ransomware attack on colonial pipeline dominated headlines now this attack kickstarted a wide ranging government efforts the renewed guidelines contain minor changes but largely mirrored the previous rules instituted after the pipeline the colonial pipeline attack most of the changes close loopholes in the regulation and provide operators with increased flexibility in terms of how they protect their sites but the bulk of the directives is the same so not much changing there outside of giving people a bit more control so there's that positive That's it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more. Black Hat's just literally a week away, y'all. So can't wait to see you in Vegas. We still have a few sponsor spots available. So hit us up if you're interested in being part of the hard-hitting conversation there. Thank you all for tuning in and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.